Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we have a fun yet profound topic about abundance as we continue with our season's theme of creating miracles. We gave this show title a little twist and called it Abundance is Having One not two. While it may be the more the merrier, if there is more of you tuning into our show when it comes to the real nature of abundance in this world, having one is far more than having two. The usual definition of the term abundance tends to focus on quantity, but abundance also has the connotation of prosperity and plentitude, success and completeness. People living lives of abundance may have a lot of everything, but it wouldn't necessarily mean that they actually have a large number of everything they own. Living in abundance reflects the quality of one's life, perhaps even more than quantity of possessions. You might consider a person living a rich, fulfilling life as living in abundance. A poor nomad who enjoys the company of friends and other loving relationships and travels around wherever his heart takes him may be living a more abundant life than a wealthy person tied down by mortgages, car payments, and countless other obligations and experiencing loneliness and unhappiness. So a life of abundance isn't really defined by socioeconomic and otherworldly conditions, is it? It has more to do with how you experience the life you are living. There have always been people who lived incredibly rich, abundant lives who never knew exactly where or when their next meal or overnight lodging would appear for them. Posthumously, some of them were even considered to be saints. They lived the miracle of their lives as spirit. They lived by intuition and the inner guidance of spirit without plans for what tomorrow may bring to them. That's a hard thing to do, I know, and we're going to be talking about that. They intuitively knew that they were taken care of as long as they lived according to the inner promptings of spirit. No matter what their earthly belongings were at the time, they were happy and fulfilled. This is why we titled our show today, Abundance is Having One not two. The true nature of abundance is that it is given to us in the same manner as miracles are given to us. Ask and it shall be given to you. Abundance comes from the undivided oneness of limitless spirit and eternal life. It is the gift of God's grace. It is offered without end, without limiting conditions all of the time to each of us. Part of our job is to discover it and receive it. And it is so simple, it is challenging for most of us. Part of the secret to receiving of abundance offered by grace 
is to know what it means to ask and to receive. Many people believe that demanding something or begging for something constitutes asking. Yet demanding, expecting, begging, or any form of taking are not true forms of asking. Asking has to come from a space of openness, welcome, and receptivity, rather than from a place of aggression, desperation, fear, grief, guilt, or more importantly, any presumption of entitlement. To receive from oneness or the undivided, you cannot ask from a place of division and exclusion. You have to ask from an open and non-defensive space of abundance, inclusion, and sharing. What may seem illogical is that you have to be giving in order to ask and receive. Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. What does that mean? A cheerful giver is a welcome sight to God and most anyone because the person is both cheerful and giving. After all, if you look more deeply at an unhappy so-called giver, is that person truly giving? You've probably experienced encountering people who seem to be offering something, but they were far from being cheerful while doing so more than a few times. You might have felt that they were definitely doing you a big favor at the cost of them or at some cost of them, or you may have felt guilty that you even needed something from them. I've seen many people like that, quote, give some spare change to a homeless person, but they were doing so in order to distance themselves from the homeless person. It wasn't a true act of givingness. When you really ask of spirit or the undivided oneness of life, you are actually giving of yourself to that limitless and unconditional givingness. You are opening yourself to that limitlessness and welcoming it like a good host to an important and long-awaited guest. You are including the giver in your life cheerfully, respectfully, and lovingly. When you jump into an ice-cold lake unprepared, you react by contracting, trying to distance yourself from the brutal coldness. But if you gradually train yourself to acclimate to the coldness, you can slip into the lake and not contract or try to close yourself off from it. In fact, there's people that actually do that every year in the cold north countries. You can even welcome the cold lake with open arms and heart. It is a little like that when you extend your asking to spirit. You have to inspire and raise yourself to the energy and awareness of spirit for spirit to be able to hand you what you are asking for. In the Old Testament, there is a story about God appearing to King Solomon after the king made an offering to God after having after his having spoken to thousands of people of Israel and their leaders. God said to the king, "Ask for whatever you want me to give to you." After sharing his gratitude and his understanding of his role as king, Solomon asked God for wisdom and knowledge so that he would be able to lead Israel and God's great people. God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made your king, Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. 
And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no kid king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. That's quite a prediction. <clears throat> this is also what Jesus taught later. For the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But for one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, this is the more important part. The context in which Jesus was teaching this to his disciple was about hearing and understanding what he was teaching. By abundance, he was referring more to one's innocent openness and capacity to see, hear, and understand the truth. And not just hear, but really understand it. Those who were divided within their mind and closed their heart could look but not see, listen but not hear, and would not understand. It would be like seeds falling on hard, rocky ground and not being able to grow. Whereas those who could have abundance with an open mind and heart would be like fertile soil and the seeds of understanding and wisdom would take root and grow within them. Well, that's certainly been my personal experience teaching throughout the past almost five decades. Wow. Did I start teaching when I was like two? two? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no wonder I feel old and decrepit. <laughs> well, those who could have abundance could see and hear what I taught and benefit from it in their lives and on their spiritual path of awakening. Those who did not have, at the time, the abundance of the undivided, limitless spirit did not see or hear what I taught and didn't apply it in their lives to reap its true benefit. The secret, <clears throat> as Raphael spoke about earlier, in, is in being the yeah. cheerful giver, asking for that which gives abundance to all. Rather than being the stingy, unhappy supplicant trying to desperately get something for himself to get by on. In the true sense of asking, we as undivided spirit are asking for us as undivided spirit. You could say we're collectively giving back to ourselves our undivided divine beingness. As it was established in some ancient cultures, the divine light in myself greets and welcomes the divine light in you. That's the essence of all communication. The moment we say hello to one another. Those of you who are familiar with what has been called the Lord's Prayer, and the only prayer recorded in history to have been taught by Jesus, may have realized that Jesus specifically addresses God as our father rather than my father. Later in, in the prayer, he does the same with forgive us, our trespasses. And also about we, it's we who forgive those who trespass against us. He specifically uses the plural pronouns instead of the singular to remind us that not only 
Are we all in this together? But even more, we are one undivided spirit. The truth of the matter is that whenever we say we, we are realizing that we are all the same one spirit and not divided into separate little individual units of diverse identities. Spirit is always all-inclusive because underneath everything, there's only one of us. <laughs> it's a little hard one to understand right now, but you do eventually. Yes, don't chew on it too much because if you chew on it, it'll divide it up into little pieces. <laughs> okay. On the other hand, our ego is always attempting to divide and conquer in order to ensure it's fictional survival. Perhaps the biggest part of our spiritual growth is to make the choice to follow the inner promptings and guidance of spirit rather than choose to allow ourselves to fall for the desires, demands, expectations, ultimatums, or pleadings of our ego. A cheerful giver is always inclusive and welcoming. One who purports to give due to obligation, guilt, and responsibility, or for public image enhancing, <laughs> is not so inclusive and welcoming, are they? Abundance comes from that inclusiveness and all-embracing welcome, because abundance is havingness. On the other hand, any sense of lack, whether true or not, brings about wantingness, or desire to get what one feels lacking. When you're hungry and have an appetite for a big, chewy, gooey chocolate chip cookie, you might crave biting into one. Your thoughts are pretty much on satisfying your particular hunger and how you might succeed in doing that. <laughs> Actually, I'm not... Uh, uh, much of a chewy, <laughs> gooey chocolate chip cookie eater. I am. <laughs> am I right? Yeah, <laughs> I love chocolate chip. Uh, yes, but I, I knew probably there's a lot of you out there. You know, you're you're like the cookie monster. <laughs> well, that mental process of you know focusing on satisfying your particular hunger at the time. And also, you know, how, how can I get myself, how can I sink my teeth into that chewy, gooey chocolate chip cookie? Yeah. Uh, well, that process is exemplified and amplified in the drug addict's desperate search for the next fix at all costs. Getting a hold of that next dose pretty much completely occupies that person's mind. A mind in that state cannot be a cheerful giver. It's instead a mind in a near state of total deprivation and not one of abundance at all. On the other hand, if you're a great baker and you happily and enthusiastically baked a bunch of delectable cookies, you may discover that you made way too many cookies for you to consume by yourself anytime soon. My mom used to do that, not with the baking the cookies, but with when she ever made uh, sushi. 
she started cooking and she just couldn't stop. Yeah, she'd bring enough uh, on a huge platter to feed an army to to Raphael and myself and say, I started making these sushis and and, and I couldn't stop. <laughs> uh, so what would be uh, your natural inclination to do next if you made, you know, made way too many for yourself to consume. You'd share your abundance of cookies with others. You'd be a cheerful giver. Abundance begets abundance, while lack begets further lack. While abundance and lack may at times translate into worldly gains and losses, respectively, they're essentially states of mind. If you're aware that you're living in abundance, you maintain an abundant state of mind. Whereas when you believe that you're living in lack, you maintain a lacking state of mind. So a person who has everything money could buy can maintain a lacking state of mind if he decides he doesn't have a truly loving relationship or doesn't have ownership of the greatest company in the world or some kind of lack. We're coming upon our first uh, break right now, and Michael will continue his train of thought here at the beginning of the next section. So at this time, we like to let you know about our upcoming events, and at this time, we'd like you to know about our timely and powerful four teleclass weekend event we're offering on Saturday, April 23rd, and Sunday, April 24th, and this is 2022 for people who are listening afterwards. Um, and that's two weekends from now. And the title is Having Certainty in Divinity, Using Your Intuition and Making a Difference in, the, in a World of Fear, Turmoil, and Doubt. Included with this remote weekend event will also be our popular bonus Zoom Q&A and social following the last teleclass on Sunday for anyone who attends one or more of the teleclasses over the weekend. Plus, if you attend all four teleclasses, you get a nice discount. The topics for the teleclasses on Saturday are as follows. There are two teleclasses. The one in the morning is Confused, Afraid, or In Doubt? How to Access Your Intuition and Know What to Do. The afternoon class, and these are two hours long, Want to Help but Don't Know How? Using Your Compassion, Intuition, and Power to Heal. And then the Sunday, April 24th morning class is Others Suffering, Getting You Down, How to Heal Yourself and Help Heal Others. And the afternoon class is Want to Make a Powerful Difference, Having Certainty and Divinity to Build a New World. For all the details or to sign up, go to our April events calendar at our website, michaeltamura.com. That's T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A. Com. I'm going to assume you know how to spell Michael, michaeltamora.com, or call our office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Noel, 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours specific time. We will return in just a couple of minutes to Abundance is Having One, Not Two. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Contrary to common assumption, more is not necessarily, well, more. In truth, abundance is all about having one, not two. That's been our topic of discussion today, so let's continue with that. Well, before the break, I was talking about, well, in general, about being a cheerful giver, but in the specific, that abundance begets abundance, while lack begets further lack. That probably comes from reading the Old Testament, there's a lot of begetting. <laughs> I think that they mean something else, Michael. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well, you know, we were going, if, if one persists in the lacking state of mind, he can begin to lose even the little of what he has already, right? And it's not unlike the addict who can only think of the fix he lacks and he begins losing all his friends and family relationships and money that he had, even if he used to be very, very wealthy and well-loved person before all that. It just starts to drain out. So to lead a life of abundance, you have to maintain an abundant state of mind and be a cheerful giver. To get started, all you need to do is discover what it is that you already have in abundance. Just because you may be poor financially, it doesn't mean you are abundant, not abundant in something else. Just because you are an extremely busy person in your business, it doesn't mean that you're not abundant in something that doesn't require a whole lot of more time of yours to give. Just because you're not considered an expert in some field, it doesn't mean you don't have an abundance of kindness or goodwill to offer those who may need it. All too often, 
people assume that prayer is merely between them and God. Even though that's correct in the sense that when you pray, you communicate from the holiest of holies within your own mind to God. But you are doing so as the spirit that you are, which also means that you are including everyone else in your private communication with God. How can you exclude all the multitude of expressions of the same oneness, undivided spirit that you are when you're communicating with the one undivided, limitless source of abundance? Huh. So it's not like you have to get onto a, uh, what do you call it, a soapbox <laughs> or get onto a PA system, a global PA system or on the Internet and, and just go, okay, I'm praying for everyone else. No, it's not like that at all. It's just in your own awareness. You have to be aware. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> you are definitely part of this oneness. And so is the person next to you or across the street or on the other side of the planet or these days on Mars. So I've seen so many people claim to have come out of their prayers and then be unkind to or even abuse or disrespect another person. Don't they know that however they treat another soul is how they are treating God? Yes, that's a level of hypocrisy that every one of us are perpetuating at, at least some of the time as we endeavor to become more inclusive in our mind, our thinking, and in our actions. We establish our lives in less and less of this fundamental hypocrisy of kissing one cheek of a person while slapping the other cheek of the same person. Realizing both sides of any dichotomy making up the experience of this world is still merely one side of the dichotomy. Each person merely can choose to place a particular judgment on each side of the dichotomy. Yet, as we choose to forgive those judgments we placed on anyone or anything, we awaken ourselves to more of our intrinsic limitlessness and freedom. Then, as we do so, we begin to access more and more of the limitless abundance available to us in this world from the realm of spirit. Abundance comes from choosing to be at one with the undivided oneness of life and not from how many of anything that we might possess in this world. Well, I have a story I'd like to share with you uh, regarding examples of having abundance and how it can be created. Earlier, Michael was talking about abundance can't be created from desperation and fear and guilt and that sort of thing. And yet, so many times, many of us are in the position of when we need that ab abundance the most, that's exactly the state we're in. And though I have told this story a number of times in other radio shows, uh, I think it's really uh, applies to this because of, of the process that I went through. 
So the story is about one of the times when, one of the many times Michael had his uh, heart issues. Um, and I can't remember if it was the first one or the third one. I think it was the third or the second one or the third one. But once I brought Michael home and he was recovering, sleeping off his surgery, I think that was the third one, um, I spent pretty much most of my time preparing meals for him, preparing the medications he was supposed to take and everything, making sure that everything was all right, and having to back off our business for a little bit of time so that we could just focus on his healing. But as the one who runs the uh, financial end of our business, I was also looking at six weeks down the road, or even less actually, we were going to be out of money and he (laughs) he needed six weeks to recover. And uh, if we didn't do anything for six weeks, there would be nothing. Uh, There would be no money to pay bills or our employees or anything else like that. So in between all the caretaking I did, of our pets, of him, and there was a lot, even though he was sleeping it off for a few days. Um, What I did was every spare moment I had, rather than uh, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to figure things out, I decided to sit down in meditation as much as I could. And the process I went through was kind of astonishing because the first thing I had to, to get myself out of was, oh my God, we're going to be bankrupt. You know, that whole loop that some people go into when when a big problem is looming. Oh no, no, it's, this bad thing is going to happen. What am I going to do? You know, kind of going into that victim space. The end of the world is near. Yeah, I had to pull myself out of that. And we have, of course, that practice of grounding, running the earth and cosmic energy, just clearing out energy. And basically what I did, for I did this for three days in between everything. And it was every spare moment I had, I just got myself fully out of that desperate space because I knew things couldn't move or I couldn't create anything in that space except more trouble. When you're do, working on, oh my God, I got to take care of this like this, it's not going to work. Now, in an emergency, sometimes you just have to call up to the Holy Spirit and say, please guide me and have yourself open to it. But this was a very emotional time, and I had to move myself out of it, and I knew I had the time to. So the second day was processing the idea of if we if we didn't have money, that we could go bankrupt. And what I decided to do was, as those pictures came up in my meditation, I just decided to go, okay. If we go into bankruptcy, I will deal with it rather than I'll do anything to not have that happen. Now, if you're dealing with something like an ill child who might die and that sort of thing, you know, your process might be different. But in this case, it was simply letting go of the idea that that was that also was the end of the world. And it took me a whole day to get out of that because I'm one who likes to stay on top of things. I like to make sure our bills are paid. I get on about it um, in every single way. If a bill goes out, you know, a day or two late and, and I start getting notices, I just, I it upsets me. So I just wanted to get more neutral and not be upset at all. And then on the third day, that's when I was ready to ask for help with our finances. And I did it in the form of creating a mock-up. And also, as I was creating that mock-up, the mock-up is uh, creative visualization. What is it you want? 
And included in with that is I'm willing to go with whatever God feels is right for me, even if it's bankruptcy. Or you know, it's like not resisting the the possible inevitable bad turnout of things. And as I was working on that, I just became overwhelmed with a feeling of love and safety and that everything would be okay. And within a short time, it actually was. The The money came in a most miraculous way. I won't go into that because I've talked about it in other shows. But everything was saved and fine. And I was able to let Michael heal for six weeks. And we were able to start uh, or start up our business again and keep going as we had before. And um, he had a really good time healing because that was the other part is I wanted to make sure he had the time and space carved out for him, uh, hopefully with my help, to just be able to heal. And he did. Yes. You know, it's what leads to more of that experience of abundance like Raphael is talking about. Well, for one thing, that space of that we've all had experience at one time or another, and some of us probably more so than others of us, <laughs> of running around like a chicken with the head cut off, you know, when they're when you're confronted with some kind of a disaster or crisis or something that's just even emotionally upsetting to you. Huh. What is that about? Well, basically, it's about you're looking at my life as I've known it might be over. My life as, as I've known it might be done with. What's that? What's, what's a true, quick way to say that? Oh, I could die. <laughs> right? That was a situation where I, I did die and I came back. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. What is it about dying that people are so afraid of? It's my life as I know it might disappear. Yeah. So if you live in a nice house and, and you have, you know, all kinds of things that are set up in motion in your business and your life and your relationships, if any of the any major part of that is threatened, at least in your mind, it, it can go any time. If I don't figure it out, if I don't fix it, if I don't do something about it, but the running around with the chicken like a uh, chicken with a head cut off is where you jump in to try to do something in a panic without really being grounded and and knowing what it is that oh you need to do. Yeah, you're just running around in circles trying to trying to do something because you can't handle the idea that that you might lose your lifestyle. You might lose even life as you know it. That's what happens when we, we our bodies die, doesn't it, right? Yeah, when your body dies, you're not gonna be here as the same person that you used to be. Oh, when you die, you're still around. You're, you don't die, the body is no longer. But you, as the soul that you are, has to be able to forgive, to let go that, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be living that particular kind of life anymore. 
huh, I, right now I'm still living, I'm still alive, but I'm living the life of spirit without a body, without a physical presence in this physical world. And without possessions. So what do we do? Oh, we have to forgive that, right? When we're holding on, says, no, 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 I, I cannot... I cannot even imagine living without this, that, and the other thing, or in, without be living this particular way, or without living as this particular person with this particular body. Then that's what we call being stuck in the past, because that's totally the past. You're not in the present. Where, oh, in the present, you're alive. You're living. You're living as who you are right here, right now with or without the body, with or without the house, with or without the money, with or without whatever. Huh. And how easily can you let that go? That's what we call forgiveness, being able to see. Oh, the truth is, I'm alive. Well, we're at our second break already. It seems like it's flying by right now. And we wanted to let you know that you can still sign up for Michael's next uh Zoom class, I think it's still a class actually, Having Neutrality, Transforming Your Ego Reactions into Creating Spiritual Responses. Oh, this is yeah, a, Zoom that's a Zoom class. Yeah, which he'll give in English with immediate translation into German. This is with our German uh, students, especially for his German speaking students. It'll be given at 1900 to 2200 Uhr Central European Time or 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Thursday, April 14th, so it's right down the road. This Zoom class is part of his ongoing series in English and German on living your psychic soul life, daily tools and practices. I'm going to say that again. Uh, Living your psychic soul life, daily tools and practices. It should be a really great class, and anyone can join us for this class with translation. For all the details in German and to sign up, go to imlicht.ch for the write-up in English and the direct link to the class information in German on the imlicht website. You can go to michaeltamora.com, April events calendar. In just a bit, we'll be back with more on Abundance is Having One, Not Two. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. 
Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's wonderful to have you back. We've been exploring what may be a rather unconventional idea. That abundance is having one, not two. Let's go further with that fun thesis. Well, you know, one of the ideas that I was thinking about while we were getting ready for this show was um, since the world is in super turmoil right now and there's a war going on, a lot of people are getting divided and more divided. You know, these are the bad guys. Those are the good guys and so on. And how can I help? You know, that's the, that's the theme I have heard more and more in the past months. How can I help the world situation? Well, I think this theme, abundance is having one, not two, is a perfect timing for the right answer for this. And it goes back to what might sound like a little cliche to you, if you've heard this before, but it is so true. And that is, peace on earth cannot happen unless... The souls on earth have peace within themselves. If we're always divided all the time, we're going to externalize that into arguments with people, into bad opinions about other people, to all the way to the uh, the big kahuna of war, the insanity of war. So one of the things all of you can practice with this abundance is having that abundance of peace within yourself. So going back to the story I told you about the looming bankruptcy and how I handled it, there were steps I took, and they were natural because I've been practicing this for a lot of years, even up to that time, and now it's many years ago. But the first step was finding my space, pulling my energy out of everything external to myself, coming within and recognizing what's my energy and what's not and releasing that which is not. And then the next step was letting go of trying to control everything, the control, what we call control pictures, the pictures that say, I have to do, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, and basically turning it over to spirit or to God, as one of the ways we like to say it, and opening your intuition for your correct instructions on what your next steps are on dealing with any given thing. And Believe me when I tell you, this is a very abundant practice, and it's not only going to help you, it's going to help everyone around you, because you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off, uh, circulating the worst case scenarios in your head and so forth. And then the next step, once you've found your space and let go of the control, is you're in such a peaceful state at this point, you can start to work with your creative visualization, even if it's... I don't know what, this was where I was at. I really don't know how to handle this. I'm turning it over to you, God, to show me the way. And I always remember that with God, all things are possible. And when you remind yourself of that, 
that is the way to a lot of times solving the the many small and large issues that come up in your space. It's like it's it's really about working with and communicating with God and being on your right spiritual path. And then whatever happens, let's say we had ended up in in the bankruptcy and we had to deal with it, still I would have given this advice, and that is to be in gratitude. Because even when you go through bankruptcy, there's a lot of people out there that can help you with that, and there's lessons to be learned through it. Yep. It's And being grateful is, is being a cheerful giver. That's right. right. Because when you're in gratitude, you're giving. You're not taking, right? You're already satisfied. You're already content or at peace. Just like Raphael said, peace. Okay, what's peace? It's within you, peace of mind, as opposed to let me give you my peace of mind. <laughs> Different kind of peace. Uh, that angry person who's going to say, let me give you my peace of mind, P-I-E-C-E, that's a fragment. Ah, whereas peace of mind is whole. So when your mind is undivided, you're at peace. That's the only time you experience true peace is when your mind is not cluttered with all kinds of divisive thoughts and feelings and everything else, judgments and worries and anxieties and everything. No, it's just empty, which means you experience the limitless undividedness, the oneness of spirit. So we're all working towards that. When, when someone is seeking peace in the world, ah, it starts with, oh, each of us, we have to start to find out, are we divided within our mind? What a lot of people, especially more spiritual people, who think about their heart, what is that? Heart is... That use of the word heart is about that central, if you will, part of the mind that remains always undivided. Whereas the rest of the mind could be filled up with all kinds of worries and all kinds of fears and all kinds of anger and whatever. But there's an there's a intrinsic part of what we call the mind, space of awareness, that is, remains always and forever unpolluted. And when you find that place, that's the heart. That's the undivided. Heart means undivided. It's whole. And it's central to you, who you are. So what's so difficult of, about being a cheerful giver Sometimes, ah, when you're stuck in the past, you're, you're holding on to a grudge. Even if it was like one minute ago, somebody insulted you, somebody assaulted you, somebody did something that, that disrupted your peace of mind, your inner peace. And you get upset because you're not at peace anymore. Oh, and you might get angry. You might get sad, you might get uh, uh, guilty, whatever. And 
and you go, who did that to me? Ah, that's the place where forgiveness becomes important. I mean, when you're not blaming anybody or anything or yourself or anything, and you you have total peace of mind, forgiveness doesn't enter into the, the formula because it's not needed. But it's when you get hung up on something, something that already happened, whether it happened a moment ago or a hundred years ago, or even another lifetime. When you're still hung up on it, where are you? You're not here. You're not here in the present. You're at least partially hung up on something that happened before that really you can't do anything about that memory of what happened before because it's just a memory. It's just a remembrance of some past experience. You can't go back there and fix it. It's already happened. Only thing you can do is let go of whatever hung you up on the past, be here right now in this moment and look at, okay, what would I like to create now? And as you do so, that process is often called the process of forgiving or forgiveness. You're letting go, okay, I'm letting go of the past. No matter how angry I was, no matter how hurt I was, no matter what happened, I'm letting that go because I need to continue my life here in this world. And so that, why is that so difficult? And become, when you're in the present, you're always a cheerful giver. You have all abundance and no lack. It's only when you're divided, a little bit of you or a lot of you is in the past, still mulling over something, whereas some of you is in the present. You're divided. And when you're divided, to the extent that you're divided, you lose your peace and your cheerfulness and your givingness. Ah, okay. Letting go of that by seeing the truth that, oh yeah, that's the past. That's just what already happened. That's just my memory of it. I don't need to live that way. I need to live where I am right at this moment. I can let go of the life I had before that, whatever I got stuck on, and live the life that I have, which is right here, right now, and fully abundant. And that's where being aware of that and experiencing that, and the minute you forgive, you start to move right on into a more abundant life. And like Raphael said earlier, everything and anything is possible from that moment. So this is, this is a major aspect of living your life on a day-to-day basis in the present. Because only in this moment right now, and this moment right now, and this moment right now, and I can keep on doing that, but... <laughs> but you get the idea. Oh, yeah. The present is moment by moment. It's not like generally I'm kind of here right now. And, and then 
assume that you are. No, you might have gotten hung up on a little bit of somebody saying something behind your back uh, two minutes ago, and you're still kind of seething about that or whatever. Uh So those are the things you have to become aware of, and as you let go of them, then you start to be much, much more the cheerful giver. And you yourself, as the cheerful giver, are open to the abundance that is always there. I just wanted to mention one more thing to add to what Michael said. And this is a thought to take away with you for today. Let's see if I can say it. Is if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, abundance and miracles are for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are on the scale of humanity. If you turn within yourself, you have access to this. So once again, we're at the end of our show for today. We are ever grateful that we get to spend this time with you every week. We hope you gained some new insights and helpful tools today. Be sure to join us next Wednesday to learn about your creativity, expressing your joy. By its very nature, creativity has to be expressed and everyone uses their creativity for, well, very diverse purposes. Yet, no matter how you choose to use your creativity, can it be expressed joyfully? Tune in to find out about the true nature of your creativity, where it comes from, and what it has to do with your fulfillment of purpose. Remember to sign up for our special remote teleclass weekend event, having certainty in divinity, using your intuition, and making a difference in a world in fear, turmoil, and doubt. We're offering that on Saturday and Sunday, April 23rd and 24th. For all the details and to sign up, check our website events calendar for April 2022, of course, or call our office at 530-926-2650. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.